Word of the Lord 2023 Your blessing is coming Pray through till breakthrough Be enriched as you listen All right so it's time to get into God's word time to bring the word of the Lord for 2023 what we do uh, at the beginning of the year on, on in our New Year's Day service is to bring a word to the church and we've been calling it word of the lord uh this has been going on for many years now so we bring the word of the lord for each year and uh, i always uh, prefix the message the word of the lord with this saying this is not the only thing that god is speaking right so we all understand that now we live by the entirety of the word of god the whole bible is true is valid we live by the entirety of the word of god so don't say this is the only thing i need to hear no uh, but what we try to do is we try to listen to the lord and say god what are you saying specifically for us for this year a word that you want us to bring to the congregation those who are part of APC those who are connected with us in different ways what is the word you want to speak to them or speak to us and a word of encouragement a word of instruction and direction and so that we've been releasing on January 1st service uh, over the over the last several uh, decades i guess uh, just bringing that word to that to us so that's what the word of the lord is it's a word a one of the many things that god is speaking to you and me but we continue to live by the written scriptures amen all right so let's stand up to our feet so back sometime in during the month of september one of our time my times of prayer just saying you know god what is it i know we've got to bring a word to the church and at that time this is what the lord dropped in my spirit uh um maybe i should say more like a vision a visual that came through and so here i'm bringing it to you today january 1st 2023 the word of the lord for 2023 a word of encouragement and a word of instruction i'll just put it capture it in these words and then we will explain it as we look into the word of god so this is what i feel god is telling us your blessing is coming pray through till breakthrough amen your blessing is coming pray through till okay so turn to your neighbor and say your blessing is coming pray through till breakthrough turn around to somebody else tell them your blessing is coming pray through till breakthrough god bless you, you may be seated please So this is based on two scripture passages that we would look at and then I will just break it down for us and see how we're going to apply this in our lives and how this is going to unfold for us this year. Your blessing is coming pray through till breakthrough. 1 Kings chapter 18 we're going to read verses 1 and 2 and also verses 41 to 46 and then we will also read James chapter 5 verses 16 to 18 these are familiar passages to us these are not uh, unfamiliar but let's look at them again first kings chapter 18 verses 1 and 2 we will read these passages out and it came to pass after many days that the word of the lord came to elijah in the third year saying Go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. 
So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab, and there was a severe famine in, his, in Samaria. Now, we're going to skip the portion in between. Elijah at that time was in Mount Carmel. There was a powerful experience there when God answered by fire, and the prophets of Baal were exposed and defeated. So we skip that part. We pick up in verse 41 of 1 Kings 18. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down to the ground and put his face between his knees, and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. Verse 44, Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Now we go into the New Testament, James chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. James 5. 16 through 18, James writes, he says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So, these were the, the passages that just gone, just brought in my attention that time in that day in September as I was just praying and, and just you know, saying, this is what I must bring to us as a church. Your blessing is coming. Pray through till so let's look at this, both these passages. Now the reason we can study 1 Kings 18 is because James is pointing. Now all scripture is given by inspiration of God. But James is explicitly pointing, James chapter 5. He's explicitly pointing to Elijah and saying, be like that. You pray like that. So let's try to understand what happened. So God had spoken to Elijah there's going to be a famine. Elijah was in aligned to that, prayed. Three and a half years, no rain. Everything dry, barren, it's gone. Nobody knew when they're going to see the next rainfall. Things were terribly dry. And that was the present condition. So the first thing we look at is, what is the condition, the present condition? Dry, barren, no rain. Famine. And that might be a situation representing a situation in our lives, in certain areas of our lives. I'm not saying entirely everything, but there could be certain areas where things are not very promising. 
Things are dry. They are barren. There's famine. Uh, things are not going the way we would like it to go. That's the present condition. But in that condition comes the word of the Lord. First Kings chapter 18 and verse, verse 2. Where God says, First Kings 18 verse 1. The promise of God comes into that situation. 1 Kings 18.1, God said to Elijah, go and tell the king Ahab, I will send rain. So God is speaking. God is declaring his will. He's saying, this is what I'm ready to do. I will send rain. So the promise of God comes to you and me as individuals or us as a church. This is what I want to do through you. As an individual, God says, I will bless all the work of your hands. As an individual, God says, I will make you the head, not the tail. As an individual, God says, by his stripes, you were healed. As an individual, the promise of God comes to you in your circumstance, to you and me, in our situations. Amen? And that's exactly what happened here. God told Elijah, Elijah, I will send rain. The promise of God. The promise of God has been given for us as a church. The entire Bible is for us. Amen? Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So that's already been spoken. God has already spoken it concerning you and me. That we are going to be a church or the church that Jesus is building is a church that the gates of hell will tremble. It's a church that will advance to the gates of hell. It's a church that is filled with the power of God. It's a church that will do the works that Jesus did and even greater works. It's a church that will heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. That's what that word has already been spoken for us. Amen? So God has spoken. The promise of God has come through for us in our present situation, whatever that situation might be, no matter how bleak, however difficult, the, the, there is that, that, that word has been spoken. And that word created expectation in the heart of Elijah. Because you can see that in, in verse 41. Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink. For, read those next few words with me. There is the sound of abundance of rain. Let's read that again. He said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink. For there is what? The sound of abundance of rain. Now, actually, there's not even a cloud in the sky. There's not even a whisper in the sky. But Elijah is saying, as far as I'm concerned, there is the sound of abundance of rain. Where was it? It wasn't in the natural. There were no clouds in the sky. There was no lightning, no thunder, nothing. And yet Elijah was saying, there is the sound of abundance of rain. Where was this sound? It was in the spirit. Because God had spoken. God said, I will send rain. Expectation was in his heart. And it's time for you and I as believers to become expectant like the way Elijah was. That we could say there is the sound of abundance of rain when there is not even a cloud in the sky, when there is not even a stroke of lightning, nothing. 
But yet inside you, you're bubbling. Inside you, there is expectation because you know that your heavenly Father has spoken His word and your heavenly Father will not lie. If there's any word that you can count on, if there's any word that you can depend on, it is the word of your heavenly Father. Amen? And so now you and I need to be consumed, filled with expectation. There is the sound of abundance of rain. I know what to expect because my Father has spoken His, His Word. Amen? And perhaps that's an area where you and I are lacking. We lack expectation. We know the promise of God, but the promise of God for us is just a verse in the Bible. It hasn't leaped off those pages and become pregnant in your spirit. It hasn't leaped out of those pages and captured your imagination. It hasn't leaped out of those pages and filled all your emotions so that you can say, there is the sound of abundance of rain. I can feel it inside me. Amen? Based on the word of God. That was all he had at that moment. All God said was one thing. I will send rain. And Elijah was saying, there is a sound of abundance of rain. And God had only spoken that word, those few words. But he was filled with it. He said, I know what to expect. Tell Ahab, hurry up. Get into your chariot. Go in. Because there is a sound of abundance of rain. So may the promise of God today May the promises of God fill you and me with expectation. So consume our imagination. So consume our emotions. I know what my expectation is. That God will fulfill His word. He will not lie. He will not go back on His promises. And that is our expectation. Amen. But. In as much as Elijah was filled with this expectation, something had to happen. And this is the part maybe we as a church and maybe the church globally, worldwide is failing. There had to be the prayer of faith. What did Elijah do? It tells us here in 1 Kings 18 and verse 42. Ahab went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down to the ground and put his face between his knees. What did Elijah do? He went to the mountain and he began to pray. We know he prayed because that's what James tells us. You know, we read the passage in James. James clearly says, Elijah prayed. So, I want you to think about this. God said, I will send rain. But this man went to pray. Why would there be a need to pray when God had already declared His will? He said, I will send rain on the earth. Because God will not do anything on the earth. And this is a very strong statement to make. John Wesley said something to the same effect, and I'm not quoting his words, but I'm communicating the same thought, that God will not do anything on earth unless somebody comes before him in prayer. 
God declares his will so that somebody on earth can pray that will. That's why in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, you pray like this. Thy will be done. That means you pray the will. So when we pray, thy will be done, it's not like, God, I don't know your will, just do what you want. That's not the kind of prayer. It is, God, I know what you have spoken because I have the written word. I know your will, but I'm going to pray your will on the earth. That's what Elijah was doing. God has spoken. I will send rain. Some of us charismatic, Pentecostal, wave your hand on me kind of Christians would have gone to sleep. God spoke, I will sleep. Look, we are co-workers with God. There's a reason why the Bible calls us co-workers, not sleeping partners. That's a business term. In business, we call somebody who doesn't do anything a sleeping partner, meaning they don't do anything, but they got the name on it. So we are not sleeping partners with God. We are co-workers. God declares His will, but we need to get down on our knees. We need to, you know, get down on our knees, that's a figurative language, but we need to go before God in prayer. And so Elijah prayed. It was the prayer of faith. He went before God and prayed. But I want us to just look at it a little bit more closely. Imagine Elijah at that juncture in his life, in his journey with God. He was praying on Mount Carmel just days before that. He had the greatest victory on that same mountain. He had challenged 400 prophets of Baal on that same mountain. He said, you pray the whole day. They prayed the whole day. Nothing happened. Elijah prayed a short prayer. God, let them know who is God. And fire came from heaven. The people were all watching it. It was spectacular. And they all bowed down and said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. But today, things were a little different. It was the same mountain. But Elijah was alone. There were no crowds to cheer him. This was not a contest between him and Baal, the prophets of Baal. It was a promise God had spoken saying, I will send rain. And this time, a short prayer was not going to get the job done. That day, it was a short prayer. Lord, answer by fire. Fire came. But this day, things were different. He had to do the whole praying. We don't know how many hours he spent praying. He was on that same mountain where he had seen the greatest victory, if you will, of his ministry. And yet on that same mountain, here he was pressing in prayer to see the promise of God fulfilled. What am I saying? Thank God for the victories we've seen in the past. But we can't take those victories for granted. 
Sometimes those victories become the foundation on which you engage in prayer to see another promise of God fulfilled. That time it was a short prayer, but this time it's going to take some intense praying. That time fire came from heaven, but this time you're praying for rain for an entire nation. And there's got to be a different kind of praying involved. Are you with me? Same mountain. Same God. God hasn't changed. Same God who spoke. But the man had to engage with God in a different way. He had to pray. And he got on his knees on that same mountain. And he said, God, I don't know the words he used. It's not recorded for us. But he had, I'm sure he engaged with God based on the promise of God. God, you said, I will send rain. I'm here praying. I want to see the rain. I don't know how he prayed for many hours. I don't know what all words he said. But he was there on that same mountain where he had seen great victory. He had, this time he was engaging. James says, it was fervent. James says it was heartfelt, the effectual, fervent prayer. Passionate prayer, intense prayer. Your blessing is coming, but you need to pray. Are you listening? Your blessing is coming, but you need to pray. That brings us to the fourth point, which is persistence is required. Think about this. This was the prophet of God. He had seen mighty things happen in the past. He had prayed just a few days back. He had prayed a bless me prayer, short prayer. Fire came. But this time things were different. It says in verse 43 of 1 Kings 18, He said to the servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. Can you imagine? Seven times he said, Go again. Elijah said, I'm assuming this was Gehazi, his servant, his assistant. Gehazi! Go see. I've prayed. Anything there? Cassie looks. Comes back. Sorry, nothing. You know, what kind of thoughts would have gone through Elijah's mind? He said, God, what happened? Just a few days back, I prayed ten words and fire came. Here I am. I've prayed for such a long time. Nothing's happening. But what did Elijah do? He said, go again. And how many times? Seven times. Seven times. I mean, us Pentecostal charismatic people, fast food, press the button, microwave kind of people, we would not have lasted one and a half times. But Elijah prayed seven seven times. Go again. Go again. Go again. 
And perhaps this is one of the weaknesses of us, the modern day church. We don't know what it means to persist in prayer. We don't know. We want instant. Click the button, swipe, tap. But heaven doesn't have an app like that. <laughs> Sorry. It's not that way. And so we don't understand what it means to persist in prayer. And so James is pointing us back to Elijah and says, pray like that. Be that kind of a man who would be passionate, who would be fervent to prayer, who knows what it means to stay in that place. It, yes, it's Mount Carmel. Yes, it was your place of greatest victory. But this time you got to stand on that same mountain before the same God with the same promise and say, God, I'm not moving until it happens. Amen. He just said, go see, go see, go see. I don't know what El Gehazi must have thought. Oh God, redeem me. <laughs> oh God, get me out of this. <laughs> I might have to resign my job if I want to leave this. But he had to just go and see. Seven times. You see, the Lord Jesus taught us about persistence in prayer. And Jesus used these two illustrations. The first illustration is that of the persistent friend. And you read about this in Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. You can go home and read it. I'll just uh, summarize it for us. In Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13, uh, he wanted to teach his disciples to pray. And so he gave them the pattern of prayer. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. We all know the Lord's prayer. And right after that, in Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 13, right after he taught them the Lord's Prayer, the pattern of prayer, he said this, he gave this illustration. He said, imagine this, that a friend has arrived at the house of one of his friends, but this man doesn't have any food to give to him, no bread. And so it's the middle of the night. And so what does he do? He goes to the house of his friend who's already asleep in bed. And he begins to knock at the door. And he tells him, friend, give me some bread. Give me some food. Because I've got a friend who's visiting me right now. And I don't have anything to give to him. And that friend who's asleep says, hey, I'm already asleep. I can't do anything. But what does this man do? He keeps knocking. And Jesus said, this is Luke chapter 11. He says, that man, not, that, not because he's a friend, but because of his persistence, will get up and give him the bread. So this is the illustration of the persistent friend. Jesus is teaching us about prayer. And right after that, he gives, after that illustration, he goes on to say, which one of you, if a son asks for bread, would you give him a stone? If he asks for fish, would you give him a snake? If he asks for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? How much more your heavenly Father will give? See? He's teaching us about prayer. 
And in the middle of that teaching on prayer, he's telling us the importance of persistence. So this persistent friend is the picture of an intercessor. Because somebody has come to him, he doesn't have what it takes to meet that need, but he goes to the one who has the resource to meet the need, which is God. And yes, he has a relationship with the person who has the resource, which is God. He has a relationship, he is a friend, but that friend moves not just because of friendship, that friend moves because of persistence. Are you listening? Covenant relationship is important, but God does not want you and me to take our covenant with Him for granted. He says, let me see how much you value this covenant, how much you believe in this covenant. Show me something that will cause me to move on your behalf. Yes, you are my friend. Yes, you are in covenant with me, but show me persistence. Are you listening? And Jesus gave us that illustration. In chapter 18 of Luke, he gives us another example. This time, the disciples asked him, Lord, you know, teach us to pray. And Jesus said in Luke 18, 1, as he began to teach them to pray, he said, men ought always to pray and not lose heart. In other words, don't quit. Is there anyone here, is anyone watching online where you've probably lost heart? Man, I've been praying for this for such a long time. Nothing is happening. Nothing happened even when Elijah prayed six times. Are you about to lose heart about something that you've been praying for? God is speaking to you and saying, your blessing is coming. Pray through till breakthrough. Don't lose heart. That's what Jesus said. He said, men ought always to pray. That means, put it in simple English, men have to keep on praying and not lose heart. Don't give up. And then he gave another story, an illustration. There was a widow who was being troubled by some people, we don't know what exactly, so it's left to your imagination. Maybe there were people who were troubling her for property or money or whatever. There were some people troubling her unjustly. So she goes to the court, she goes to the judge and says, you know, I need you to protect me from these people who are troubling me. And this judge, who's not a good judge, he takes her lightly, he doesn't even bother her, bother about. But what does this widow do? In the story Jesus gave us, he said, she keeps on going back to the judge. And the judge says, man, even though I don't respect the law, I don't care about justice, I don't care about doing right, but this woman, ah. Oh. Because she keeps on coming. To use a simple word, she's persistent. I'm going to do something for her. So Jesus said this statement. He said, pay attention to what the judge said. What did the judge say? Because she keeps on coming. And then, then Jesus points us to the Father. And he says, will not God, who is the judge of all the earth, avenge his own people 
quickly, meaning he will do better than the bad judge. But the point he wanted to get across was we need to be persistent in prayer. He's not saying God is like that judge. He's saying, I want you to be like the widow. That's the point. Sometimes God make a big, people make a big deal of the point that Jesus did not want to emphasize. God is not an unjust judge. But the point he wanted us to pay attention to is the persistence of the widow. In the case of the persistent friend, he was an intercessor going on behalf of somebody else. In the case of the persistent widow, she was going for her own needs. Something in her life. Somebody was troubling her. And she needed to get an intervention. Are you listening? Tell your neighbor, your blessing is coming. Pray through till breakthrough. And then good things began to happen. Number five. There was a precursor of the blessing. Verse 44 of 1 Kings 18, it says, When he prayed the seventh time, and he told him the seventh time, now his servant came back, Gehazi also come back, and he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. What would you have done when after praying seven times, all you get to see is a cloud the size of a man's fist? This is Almighty God answering your prayer. Giving you a cloud the size of a man's fist. He said, God, this won't give even one drop of rain. I am praying for rain for the whole land. And you're giving me a cloud like this. Would you have become disappointed with God? Elijah got excited. Because for him, he knew God will fulfill his word. If God wanted to rain on the whole land through that little cloud, so be it. But the word said, I will send rain on the land. How God's going to do it, doesn't matter. But he got excited when he saw the precursor of the blessing. You know, sometimes you and I reject the very precursor of the blessing that God sends into our lives. And we block the full blessing of God. Why? Because we despise the day of small things. We want the big, the grand, the, the you know, the, the, the thing that is, that, that captures everybody's attention. We want something big, but sometimes God sends his blessing, the precursor of a blessing in, in a small way, in an insignificant way, in a, in a, in a very simple way and we tend to miss it or we despise it but Elijah didn't do that he got excited so I want to challenge you as you pray through till breakthrough you are going to see the precursor of the blessing 
It's going to be a small taste. It's going to be a simple way that God begins to show you that your prayer is being answered, that His promise is beginning to be fulfilled. And as you see the precursor of the blessing beginning to unfold in your life, get excited. Begin to praise Him. Begin to thank Him. Say, God, thank you for what I'm seeing happen. Thank you, God. For everything that's happening. Maybe you've got seven things wrong in your body. And one thing gets healed. And you're grumbling about the six things that didn't get healed. Instead of grumbling about the six things that didn't get healed. Thank you for the one thing that did get healed. It's the precursor of the rest of the blessing. Are you with me? Thank you for it. God is sending precursors of the blessing in your life and mine. Last two points. Worship team, please come. And then Elijah tells King Ahab, verse 44, verse Kings 18, he says to Ahab, prepare your chariot, go down before the rain stops you. We must prepare to receive. Your blessing is coming, but you must prepare to receive. Some of us are praying for the blessing, but we are not ready to receive. So what do you mean? What would your life look like when God really answered your prayer? What would life look like when you really received the blessing? Are you ready for it? With greater blessing usually comes greater responsibility. God never tells us that because that's implicit. God, give me more money. Yeah. More responsibility to take care of that money. God, give me a bigger house. Means more rooms to clean. God, whatever, you know, God, promote me. Wonderful, you get the promotion. But it also means more responsibility. Not less work, more work. Are you ready for the blessing? Are you preparing for the blessing? What would your life look like when God, the promises of God begin to be fulfilled? Are you getting ready for that? Prepare to receive your blessing. And lastly, of course, there was the promise fulfilled. This chapter ends with these beautiful words, verses 45 and 46. It says, the sky became black. Can you imagine in a land where for three and a half years they'd never seen a drop of rain fall from the sky? Suddenly, the sky becomes black with clouds. There is a wind. There's, there was heavy rain. Now, it wasn't few drops, it was heavy rain. There was a downpour. God fulfilled His word. Get ready for that heavy rain. What would our church look like when we begin to impact our city? When hundreds and thousands of people are affected? We pray for that. 
What would church look like when we have hundreds and thousands or maybe thousand churches around the country to take care of? Today we have about 11 churches. Are you ready? I'm not asking for money. I'm just saying more people have to take responsibility in doing the work of the Lord. What would your life look like when the promise of God is fulfilled? What would church look like when, the, when everything Jesus spoke about the church actually begins to take place? The Apostle Paul said that Jesus is coming back for a glorious church. Do you think the church will become a glorious church? It's hard sometimes to imagine it, but His word has already been spoken. He will make the church a glorious church. Without spot or wrinkle, He'll do it. He is doing it. What would church look like when we are a glorious church? A church full of the glory of God, the glory of Jesus Christ. But Jesus is real to us and Jesus moves amongst us and He heals and He delivers that the Jesus of the Bible is the Jesus of today in our midst. What would church look like when people came and in this auditorium or in the places that we are meeting across the city, demons are cast out and the sick are healed and amazing things happen. What would church look like? Well, let's pray through. Because that blessing is coming. God has already spoken it. He's already given His word. He said the glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former. He's already spoken it. It's not a matter of us telling God to speak it. He's already said this is what is going to happen. But there needs to be people like Elijah, you and me, who will pray through till breakthrough, who will pray through till the promise of God begins to take place amongst us, till the sky becomes black and there are thick clouds and there is heavy rain. Will you be one of those to pray? To pray for yourself, to pray for other people, to pray for the church, till the promises that God has already spoken in His Word begin to be fulfilled. I want to challenge you and me to hold the rope for somebody. Tell your neighbor, hold the rope for somebody. Tell the other person, hold the rope for somebody. So what does that mean? I just took it out from Acts chapter 9. You know, there was a man, he was a very bad man. His name was Saul. He was going around killing all the Christians and causing havoc. And suddenly his life got changed. And when he became a believer in Jesus Christ, he was in Damascus. And he started preaching about Jesus. Acts 9 says, the people wanted to kill him. And there is this beautiful picture where some disciples, their names are not even recorded for us. They held the rope to lower Saul out through a hole in the city wall. 
in a basket. Do we know who those people are? We don't know. Did they know who the man in the basket was? A troublemaker. But they held the rope. But that was so important. Because on the other end in the basket was a man called to be an apostle. A man who would write two-thirds of the New Testament. A man who would travel more miles on land and sea to establish more churches and to turn the entire Mediterranean, the Middle East around with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in so in so doing, actually alter the course of history. That man was in the basket. Those people who held the rope at the other end, their names are not even in the Bible. But they did such an important thing. They held the rope. So the man in the basket could live. When you pray for somebody, you are holding the rope for them. You don't know what God will do through their lives. Are you listening? But your prayer could usher them into their destiny. Amen. Let's rise to our feet, please. As we usually do, we have a magnet with the word of the Lord for this year. After we dismiss on every exit, there'll be a table. Please pick up one per family. If you have two refrigerators, you may take two. But we are assuming you have one. We also have a bookmark that's, that's made with the, with the word of the Lord and a declaration on it. There's also this button for all the young people who want to put it on their backpacks. You're welcome to take the button, put it on your backpack, whatever. So we have these three things. You can take all three or take whichever you want to use. That will help you remind, help remind you of the word of the Lord. In case you are unable to pick it up today we will also make it available at all locations next Sunday for you to use but I want you to think about this your blessing is coming but pray through till so I'm going to request our worship team just to play softly other instruments for a few moments I want you to pray before God. What is that blessing that you have been praying for? God has already spoken in His Word. It's not a matter of convincing God. His, His, His Word has already been spoken. He said, I will send rain. I will bless. I will, I will do this. But would you go before God and say, Lord, Help me to pray through till I see the breakthrough.
I don't want to lose heart. I don't want to faint. I don't want to give up. Because you are faithful. God is good. God is faithful to His word. But we need to pray like Elijah prayed. Take these next few moments and engage with our Father in heaven. I don't know what you're going to pray about, but it's between you and the Lord. And say, Father, these are your promises. I'm standing on these promises. I will pray through till I see it. Take these few moments, please. Let I may worship you. 
darkest night will shine, Lord, because of your truth over us, Lord, because of your power, Lord, and your promises over us, break through. everybody just pray those of you watching online just pray we're going to just take a few moments to pray and want you to stand before God on his word on his promise and father we receive your word your word is truth father not one of your good promises will fail every word that you've spoken will be fulfilled father we pray right now for everyone here in this auditorium those watching online those are going to be listening to this message at any given point in time father I pray that there will be the empowering grace of God upon each one of us to take a hold of your word and to pray through that fervent earnest effectual prayer of a righteous man of a righteous person that will avail much empower each of us by your Holy Spirit the spirit of grace and supplication God and whatever we are standing before you for whatever promise or promises whatever word that you've spoken to us God, as we stand before you, we thank you, Father, that the, cloud, that the sky is going to become black, the clouds will form, and there will be heavy rain. There will be the fulfillment of every word you've spoken in the lives of your people. That every provision will come, every healing will manifest, every work of deliverance will take place, every promise of blessing will break forth. That we and our households will serve the Lord. That our children are taught by the Lord and they have great peace. That our children are mighty on the earth. That the anointing and revelation you've given to us will pass on to our children and to our children's children, God. That generations will be raised up in this church and in this house who will be movers and shakers all across the earth. That we as a church will be that valiant, triumphant, victorious church advancing against the works of darkness in our city, in our nation, and in the nations of the earth. That God, that we will walk in the power of your spirit and work mighty signs and wonders. You've called us, Lord. Father, we thank you. That every word you've spoken over us will be fulfilled. Give us the grace to be faithful. To walk humbly before our God. To walk faithfully before our God. And to serve you well. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Your blessing is coming. Pray through till
Don't give up. Amen? Let's close. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit continue with each of us always. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, and books, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, visit apcbiblecollege.org. Do remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the Apple or Google Play Store.